Hi, I'm Jackson Haldane, and welcome to episode four of the Traveling Good Time Medicine Show podcast, brought to you by the good folks at Home Roots. If you missed previous episodes, I recommend going back and listening to those first. We've introduced some characters who we are going to revisit, and things will make a little more sense if listened to in sequential order. Thank you, thank you, kind people, for having us here in your fine town. Make sure you take home some of our patent medicine. Its healing powers can serve you throughout the year. And if your supply runs low, you can always look to those in your community who foster the wayward troubadours and wandering minstrels that roam the rural landscape, bringing with them more of our healing tonic to reap. Replenish your medicine chest. Grateful are we to you for your hospitality. Thank you, thank you. Today's episode is about the vast network of people that underpins the whole Home Roots operation. Folks who embody the will to sacrifice and the generosity to share their resources openly. The hosts. Hail the hosts, the spokes of this wagon we call Home Roots. When we left off, Home Roots co-founder Mitch and his team were free to begin the work of developing Home Roots touring circuits by assembling the Volunteer Corps, that crucial group of people who formed the foundation of any successful endeavor that Mitch and Ava had ever undertaken. Volunteers brought untold value that went far beyond the labor that they gifted. It was their zeal for the event and the pride in their work that elevated the culture of each venture. Volunteers were key to the sustainability enjoyed by those organizations over decades as the crews evolved into intergenerational, family-type structures. So the quest began to find Home Roots volunteer base, each member residing in a different locale and providing a venue for the music and hospitality for the artists. Ava Kabrinsky, co-founder of Home Roots. It wasn't that hard. Mitch was talking to his pals at CBC, he used to do CBC documentaries for a long time, and he's still connected there. And before we knew it, we had people phoning us wanting to have host concerts in their homes. And the word spread, and it was not difficult to recruit volunteers, which is something that Mitch and his people that he gets to follow his dreams are good at, at getting volunteers to be involved in their community and do stuff. And a lot of them, they like the idea of being an empresario, and and the thing is that all sorts of serendipitous things happened because the people in the community got together at Home Roots concerts and other things of benefit to the community got started. So I'm kind of proud of that. Tim Osmond did the basic grunt work of this. There Suddenly we had one network including four regions in the Prairie Provinces. Tim Osmond, former artistic director for Home Roots. Our goal was to, to get people's interest in this and try and recruit hosts for signing up for this, this program. So what ended up happening was that CBC said, we're having a contest. Phone in and tell us your best house concert story and you could win a house concert, right? And so all these people phoned in. It was Canada Live, so it was across the country. Um, we got most calls from Western Canada, so that's kind of where we started, you know, and, and that's kind of the mantra that I had with all these folks is that it, we're doing this all for the artists, you know, and it wasn't, 
like we're a nonprofit that certainly helps. We are, you know, it's a company that that wants to increase community and increase like just just live music for and make it accessible. But we want to make sure that 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 artists are are taken care of and it works both ways. So yeah, we had forty seven hosts for the first year, which was four and a half circuits, <laughs> you know, and and from there it kind of just snowballed. Leonard Podolik, Homeroots Executive Director, with praise for Homeroots hosts Tim and Ellie Spencer from Flin Flon, Manitoba. Tim and Ellie, they've been they've been Homeroots hosts for years and years up in Flin Flon. And they also, they worked in tandem with another couple, Ann and Doug. What was amazing for years and years, these two Homeroots hosts in Flin Flon were two different venues on the same tour route, so to speak, who, who both, who each had sold out shows one day after the next. And then they would take turns hosting the artists and putting them up and feeding them and all that stuff. And what a, what a great vibe. Here's what Tim and Ellie have to say. I ran into uh, Ron and Patty Scott, who were the, the hosts in the paw and had hosted the previous year. And then uh, they said, oh, that was so great. You got to do it. I'll just phone, phone the Homeroots office and they gave me the number. And just tell them you're interested because they they kind of need another stop on the yeah. on the tour. And I phoned and I think I, I think I talked to Mitch, Mitch, and then he grilled me tar hard. You know, he said, "So do you like folk music?" And I said, "Oh yeah, we've been to the first folk festival and the next ten, and <laughs> and, uh, and we really like it." And he said, "Do you have a big room in your house?" And I said, "Yeah, we got a, a way too big family room." And so he said, oh, you're in then. So, (laughs) (laughs) And then we just, you know, we sent some more information. And uh, this is like the August long weekend before the the season was about to start. We've done it ever since. We've done it ever since. Since 2009. First person who came to the door was Rick Fines. He's from Peterborough, Ontario. (laughs) So he came to the door. He says, hi, I'm Rick Fines. And this is for you. And he handed us a bottle of wine. And it was kind of like. Oh, but this is going to be all right then. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll be fine. <laughs> and we, yeah, <laughs> and we were being good hosts and saying, "Now, do you want to have a lie down and a rest, and we'll call you for supper?" He says, "No, we should start drinking the wine." Yeah. So, so <laughs> it, you it know, just, it was kind of like, "Yeah, okay, this will be good." Yeah, and then it was just—I mean, it was the perfect introduction because he—he's yeah. such a great storyteller and a great musician, and and. The audience that we'd pulled together who'd never been to a house concert in Flint, you know, and it was a new experience. He just put everybody at ease and everybody laughed and enjoyed fantastic music and great stories. And And so we've had, you know, we've had 45 people in our basement once a month. 70. For six months of the year. It's been really good. Yeah, it's been lovely. I'd say the culture, though, is really it's a party. We have a party yeah. once a month through yeah, the winter. Yeah, we really do. And um, people bring food and they bring wine. And, and it's a party and we have live music, too. And and the musicians are always part of the party and they mix with. That's a wonderful thing is they yes. mix with with the audience and they and they hang out after the show. And they and I find that our our breaks get too long all the time because people get visiting and talking and 
<laughs> Jeez, it was supposed to be a 15 minute break and now it's a half hour and we better get back down there because it's a school night, you know? And uh, so it's, uh, it, they're just really fun, joyful events. Every, every single person who has come through has brought something a little bit different. And some folks you don't click with immediately, but some people are just like, yeah, they're so fun that we actually had a couple of people come back and stay because we've had a house concert here. We've had so much fun with the person. And then actually Tim was talking earlier about the local arts council. They've brought back some performers because they, you know, they were so good that they wanted to have a, a much bigger show and uh and and they've come back and said oh no no we won't stay at the hotel no we'll just stay with tim and ellie and so it's been like yeah of course you will because you you're just kind of friends now yeah. Yeah, that's it exactly would you like to hear from one of canada's folk music darlings yes of course you would so come right along for an artist showcase with Caroline Brooks of the Good Lovelies, performing on the Traveling Good Time Medicine Show, April 22nd. Hi, I'm Caroline Brooks, and I'm one-third of the Good Lovelies from Ontario. So Good Lovelies formed, I don't joke, in a basement apartment in Toronto in 2000, a long time ago. <laughs> so we're about 15 years old and we've been touring for that long really we quit our day jobs to go on the road the three of us are uh, best of friends and um, just um, entering into our latest album cycle which will be album number 10 yeah we've been super lucky because we sort of live two lives we have our you know we like to joke our lay music our regular music and then we have this christmas life that we do so we have a couple christmas records too and that's how a lot of people have found their way to our band now so it's a it's kind of like um you know when like superman goes into the phone booth that's kind of feels like our band in november goes into christmas mode <laughs> the best investment in our band for sure yeah yeah, Christmas, and, and especially the Vinyl Cafe took us on tour years ago, and they introduced us to their Christmas show, their Christmas audience, and a lot of those folks have now been coming to our shows for years. So yeah, it's a great part of our, our life. Some highlights over the last couple years. I mean, individually, the three of us have been working on things independently, which might not have happened if we were, you know, full steam ahead. In 2020, we were supposed to go on this massive tour called the Forest Tour, and we're just starting to revisit those dates. But when that sort of went by the wayside for obvious reasons, we just we sort of hunkered down and for a while took stock of like our personal lives. And, you know, we've been touring so steadily for you know, a decade and a half that it was actually like a real moment of pause for us and in a good way. Obviously, not the way we would like to have done the pause, but, you know, blessings in disguise. <laughs> One of the biggest highlights of the last two years is really reaching our audience in a different way. So we started by doing, you know, virtual shows like many bands did. But um, when our first Christmas tour came around during the pandemic and we realized we're not going to be able to do this tour, this tour is a really big deal for us year, year after year. But we decided to put on a series of virtual concerts. So <laughs> a lot of people are like, why aren't you just doing one, one virtual concert, one Christmas concert, get her done, you know, everybody can watch it. But we actually offered the virtual concert live 
uh, I think it was eight times in different time zones and with different partners locally. And that was one of the coolest projects I've ever been part of because it's just like totally reframing how how our band reaches our audience. And in some ways it was it was amazing because we've never toured our Christmas show in Australia or the UK, actually outside of North America. So all of a sudden, you know, our UK fans were like, we get to see your Christmas show live. I don't think we'll ever do a Christmas tour, at least without a virtual concert again. Like it's just, and we never would have done it if we hadn't gone through the pandemic, you know, maybe it would have taken us a little longer, but it's a really, yeah, it's a really new part of our world. We recently recorded an episode, I guess I'll call it an episode of the Traveling Good Time Medicine Show. So it was Good Lovelies with Julian Taylor and Coco Love Alcorn, festival style in a round, and it was so fun. (laughs) We got to, we haven't done this in so long, and it was really nice to be with a group of really talented harmony singers across the board. I mean, that's what Good Lovelies do for, like, you put us in a folk festival uh, workshop we're gonna probably ooh and sing in three part all over everything but was really nice for us because we don't always get that in return like because we fill up so much vocal space that sometimes I feel like maybe people uh, that we're collaborating with are like where do I go <laughs> but singing with Julian and, and Coco was it was so fun and it was so collaborative like almost every song everybody just joined in on and you know, before we recorded it, we sort of played a few things for each other, but not too much, like on purpose. So there would still be spontaneity. And yeah, it was absolutely so joyful. It was so joyful. There's a lot of exciting stuff happening in the next few months. So we're about to do uh, repeat some of our forest tour dates that, you know, never happened. Um, So that's coming up in the spring in May. We're doing a little run in southern Ontario and we're going to the West Coast as well in June, which is the perfect time to go to the West Coast, in my opinion. And we're making a new record. So we're actually headed into pre-production. We've been doing pre-production over the last month and we're making a record um, produced by Christine Bougie, who's a longtime uh, guitar player of ours, an amazing all-around musician, uh, and Josh Van Tassel. So they're co-producing a record for us, and we're going to be recording that on the East Coast at the end of May. So, so many exciting things. It's just really nice to be hitting, I want to say hitting the ground running, but I feel like we've been jogging for a while. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're ready for the sprint, you know? We cut our teeth on home shows. Like we, we'd I will say we've done hundreds of home shows. It's a big part of our our history as a band. We still do them from time to time. Um, They're really special. And this tour is like burned into my memory, A, because we were going to really new places. It was winter time, so we had some amazing experiences. Like we also stayed and played at the house of a mayor. Uh, I remember his name is Larry. He's a, a big Good Lovelies fan now. He comes to all our shows still. And he was the mayor of the town we played in. So Larry was like giving us a tour of the town because he's the mayor and, and we wanted to see as much as we could. And we were driving and he drove us onto the lake. Like it was the middle of winter and he's like, we're just going to take a little detour. And he drives us on the lake. I'm freaking out. <laughs> Like, you don't really do that much in southern Ontario just because our winters are really unpredictable. But he was, like, totally cool. I was like, I'm never going to forget this moment driving in your station wagon on the lake with my best friends. So, yeah, there's, like, all these really great memories. So they're just really burned into, you know, 
that idea of core memories is like the, the home roots tour core memory bank is very strong <laughs> and like it's really cool to me because we got to travel to places we really wouldn't have gone to you know and i can almost count every single one of those shows built our audience so now we when we go to maybe we don't go to the small towns so much anymore but when we're nearby all of these people come to our shows and they I almost count them as friends you know like people who've become part of our story over the years and we're like oh we're playing a show in um in winnipeg i wonder if that person will come you know like we we remember these people and they're really special to us but it's kind of cool too also being able to connect with them virtually now through this amazing program and through our own virtual concerts. Like that, that's a, a part of our Brave New World. I know, isn't she lovely? Don't forget your tickets for the Good Lovelies live stream concert, just another great part of the traveling good time medicine show. Join them with Coco Love Alcorn and Julian Taylor, April 22nd via side door. Ticket info in the show notes. At this point in time, as we put our world back together, a big question lingers on the collective mind of the house concert community. How do we bring back this culture post-COVID whilst remaining sensitive to the health needs of the people who share these moments with us? Homeroot's creative team was able to develop novel opportunities for artists during the pandemic by implementing novel strategies. Adjusting to a post-COVID landscape will require artists and programmers alike to embrace new methods. Folks have a renewed value for personal space, and many of us are feeling a heightened need to feel safe wherever we choose to gather. So close quarters, indoor events in private spaces, like house concerts, are going to be some of the last to find a broad cultural embrace. So Homeroots is exploring public-private partnerships in host communities to try and provide more accessible space for showcasing great live music. With the new model that they're talking about through Home Roots, because venues suffered almost as much as artists during COVID, they're even talking about using local venues rather than home concerts, just to give the venues a bit of a boost, which I think will be wonderful. Yeah, is to create, to, to make the widest network as possible, to, to ourselves run, as many tours as we can of high quality shows that are profitable and that make hay and build audience for the artists. You know, that's a huge, huge part of it is, is that the tours are these perfect platforms to, to build community in every, in every way. And specifically between the artists and the communities themselves and the towns themselves. And rather than, you know, an artist coming through playing a house concert sort of under the radar and, and then going, uh, this is bringing it into the public sphere. And it doesn't mean having to have a, a, a big venue, but just making it in public. It allows us as an organization to assist the hosts in selling the tickets and, and audience members won't be scared off by going to a stranger's house and vice versa hosts will no longer have that anxiety about who's coming to my house, you know, aside from the artist who we have vouched for. So, you know, it's, there's, it can remain under control without it 
turning into a, a big and then for the after party situation that that's at the discretion of the hosts committee and and who they you know who they want to have there you know but then you know then all of a sudden we're in a situation where you know we might get in, into you know 75 and 80 and 100 people and the fact is not only does it need to be a career building situation it is two weeks of the year for artists and they do need to get paid and it does need to make money and we need to make money so i think it's it's just a question i think it's just a question of painting that picture and showing our support and being there and being a part of it in a in a way that lifts up the host to do a lot of the a lot of the groundwork and the legwork on their end you know but also you know, lifts up the artist, lifts up their audience, lifts them up as presenters, lifts up, up as an organization, and also fundamentally creates new lasting infrastructure f for the scene, like the actual scene in general. We grow these hosts, you know, into, into being presenters. It bears noting at this point that if you're interested in becoming a Home Roots host or even just beginning a discussion about it, look for the link in the show notes and reach out to the team. You'll be coached through the entire process with a focus on your specific community concerns and challenges. So get on the ground floor and help rebuild culture in your area. You know, if you're, if there's any bits of advice for people, if you're thinking of hosting in your community, get it. Get another couple, get another group to uh, be willing to co-host because I remember when Doug and Ann started co-hosting with us and they've been doing it for quite a while now, quite a few seasons. Yeah. Uh, you know, Doug got sick for a while and, and they said, you know, we didn't, we can't really do it. But uh, so we were easily able to just, we'll, that's okay, we'll do them for a couple of, a few months. And then Ellie had some surgery one winter. That's and right. We weren't really feeling like having company. But every the show went on. If if we were ever thinking of starting fresh again for something like this, you know, that would be something that we would look for right away. Yeah, you know, and, yeah, yeah. And just gives you options because you never know what what life's going to bring you. Uh, and uh, it's good to to have a bit of backup. And they've got their own circle of friends to invite too. So because they have they've had tremendous audiences at their place, and a lot of people on there. Uh, you know, contact list were people we didn't even know. And, mm -hmm. and they didn't come to our place necessarily, but they certainly go to, and uh, so, I mean, that's, that is a really a great idea. Life as we knew it cannot simply be flipped back into existence. We will need to rebuild our communities in many ways moving forward. New ideas and new initiatives are bound to inform these new ways of being our old selves. And I just want to acknowledge that our network of amazing hosts at Home Roots is truly a group of healers, whether they know it or not. And with their dedication, we can continue to send the medicine around. And you know, we're doing the podcast and we're doing all kinds of collaborative projects, Winnipeg Cranky Festival. And now we're excited to build those roots up and to, to tie it all together. So, it, you know, I, I'd say be a part of something bigger. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you can act locally and think globally, 
And it's and it's not just a, a saying. It's like you are a part of this countrywide network of of community volunteers who are spending their extra time, sometimes their resources and a lot of their energy to preserve and to lift up folk music in Canada. And I think it's one of the most noble causes that there could possibly be. If you'd like to listen to or know more about the music of Home Roots and the Traveling Good Time Medicine show, we've created a playlist of featured content available for listening on Spotify and Apple Music. Just search for the Traveling Good Time Medicine show playlist, follow, and press play. Now would also be a good time to purchase your tickets for the 4th and 5th Traveling Good Time Medicine show live stream events. April 22nd's show features the good lovelies Julian Taylor and Coco Love Alcorn. And the 5th and final show, April 29th, with Del Barber, Double the Trouble, and Bobby Dove are not shows to be missed. So, uh, yeah, links for info and tickets can be found in the show notes. I'm your host, Jackson Haldane. Our producers are Jordan Moore of The Pod Cabin and Tim Fraser of the Murdoch Podcast Network. Jason Arkley of Home Roots is our dungeon master. Gratitude and acknowledgement for our staff, Leonard, Ava, Kathy, Brianna, Graham, everyone working behind the scenes. Our dear founder, Mitch Podolik, is heard playing all the banjo on these episodes from archives recorded in the early 2000s. Thanks to Factor and Canadian Arts Council for funding this project and to you for listening. See you next time for another dose of the Traveling Good Time Medicine Show podcast.